0: Colum Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over. The NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotovis.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Raise a tackle, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman!
1: Welcome to the home run professional football,
2: Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M if you like talking some football. Uh, and I'm joined by my co-host, Stefan Leco. You can find him on Twitter at Stéphane LeCoe. Uh, we've been going back and forth, trading episodes early and later in the week here for you, but Thought we'd uh, add another one with both of us on it uh, just to talk some college football together and and uh, take a look ahead at some of the NFL uh, draft prospects that are already rising and falling this season. We'll have another NFL episode here for you later this week. And, uh, you know, I, I, you may have noticed, but we kind of go back and forth. But sometimes we'll have both on the same show. Sometimes we'll have more NFL. Sometimes we'll have more college. But that, that's what we do here. Because if you're joining us for the first time, the College of Canton is just a show really about the journey of the best football players. Not just in college, not just in the NFL, but in the world. From their journey as a football recruit in high school, through college, through the NFL draft process, and beyond, all the way to the debate as to whether they should be in the pro football Hall of Fame, and we always uh, throw in some fantasy football goodness because this is a Road of His Radio podcast. But we always make sure to dive into some real football too. If even if you don't like playing fantasy football, you'll probably still enjoy this show. But Stefan, fun. How you doing, man?
1: I'm good, man. I had a had a fun weekend. My wife was out of town, so I had, or she still is out of town. I had about uh six different screens going, watching a lot of football. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it was, it was dig- Degenerateville. It was beautiful and wonderful. Uh, all at the same time. I, uh, I had a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, that's great, man. When you can just watch a lot of games. Uh, I was actually kind of, uh, traveling a little bit myself two weekends in a row where I actually had out of town weddings, people being kind of crazy and having a fall wedding, I actually, man, just football time, man! Right? <laughs> like, what are you thinking? But, uh, no, it's, is it's great. It was actually out in Utah. I got to see a, uh, uh, one of my fantasy football nerd buddies, uh, Zach Marmer. So it's good to hang out with him. If you know of any weddings out near Boulder, I can <laughs> come visit you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come crash them. Yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm just I'm ex- I'm excited just to kind of just break some uh, college football football prospects down because I mean this year, like this time of year, is where we see all, all these top players uh, that are going to make a name for themselves. In the twenty twenty two NFL draft, especially, uh, just start to explode. Uh, and yes, we see some true sophomore breakouts, and we'll get to some of those. Yes, we see the rare true freshman breakouts, but uh, the guys, you know, out of left field, or guys that we didn't quite have at the top of our draft boards, but just start to go off. Like you know, guys like the Zach Wilson's rise to fame, uh, or the Joe Burrows. I mean, it's easier. Uh, to think of the, the top quarterbacks, they get that first round early draft capital, but there, there are players at every single position who are rising and some that are, uh, unfortunately falling, uh, in the, uh, in terms of their draft capital and the draft stock. So let's just jump in right now and talk about some of the rising stars and falling stars in college football that we may have had super high preseason and may have had super low, but guys were pretty confident. Uh, one way or the other, just through three weeks. So kicking it over to you, just the first name that I am really trying to control myself and not just rank him number one overall in Debbie. (laughs) Uh, Matt Corral of Ole Miss has really cleaned things up from a decision-making standpoint. He always had the tools. Uh, He almost had the analytical profile, except for the fact that, you know, he blew up in two games last year and tossed, like, all of his picks at the same time. Uh, But Are you buying in on the Matt Corral that just dropped seven touchdowns this past weekend?
1: Well, it was funny when you were talking about uh, Zach Wilson kind of rising up out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's getting selected number two overall and he's super high in super flex leagues. I like, yeah, I think Matt Corral is I think that's what we're seeing right here. He has I mean, you mentioned the touchdowns this week, but he has yet to throw an interception through three games. I think that was one of the things that we were most worried about with that decision making. Um, and if you look back at like his game logs from, from earlier years, uh, he wasn't throwing a ton of interceptions earlier. It was really just those two games last year. And it makes you wonder if those are kind of outliers or not. So so I am wanting to buy in. Ole Miss last year was a team that I became just like a really big fan of just because I love offense. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> just, I just I, like my favorite game of the weekend was uh, Virginia versus UNC just because it was it was a bonanza. It was so much fun. <laughs> but Matt Crowell, he he looks the part. I mean, he's not huge. He's only like, what, 6'1", 200, maybe 210. Yeah. Uh, but we've seen a lot of quarterbacks of that size kind of have success in the league now. He's not like sub six foot, so I think it's still okay. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I don't know how high he's going to get drafted, but he's going to go in the first round, right?
2: I feel like at this point, I mean, last year, had it not been for his uh two terrible blow up games where he just kind of <laughs> got away from himself uh he was pacing for a first round profile like really uh if you just look at his analytical like passing efficiency numbers even with all those picks in those two games he still had like an 85th percentile passing efficiency uh season and that's throwing like five picks in a game like twice yeah <laughs> twice. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah seriously so uh and he
1: has the rushing profile that you he like he does
2: He does. I mean, I've talked about it this summer, like NFL is just done with statues. And I know people like to poke fun at the analytics that, you know, that that like to emphasize the importance of rushing production at the the quarterback position. But let's face it, guys, there are not going to be very many immobile (laughs) quarterbacks that are going to find success in today's league. Uh, We're already seeing it less. And once the old statues that are just living off of experience uh, leave the league, there's really going to be nobody. Nobody left at all. So It matters. And so a a guy that has like, you know, last year about 22% or so of Ole Miss's rushing yards, uh, and he's on pace for something similar now. Um, I actually just talked about him this week in my NFL Prospects Weekly over at Rotoviz because if you put his analytical profile, what he's pacing for this season, passing-wise, right next to his rushing production, uh, his numbers are actually almost identical to peak Pat Mahomes. Uh, at Texas Tech so uh not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes but it is just interesting looking at how similar they were and how they really play the game uh with that kind of gunslinger mentality with the mobility uh in college
1: yeah I think for me ask me this same question two weeks from tonight right after he's played Alabama and I <laughs> yeah. think we will have a, a, a pretty good idea because I don't expect him to to like pick apart Bama and but if he does if if he's able to make good decisions, if he's able to show us that he's matured in in that part of the game, it's going to be hard for me to find. I mean, we're going to talk about some of these other quarterbacks, possibly. Uh, it's going to be fine, hard for me to find someone that I like a whole lot more than him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Matt on obviously one of the, the the big rising names. Let's talk about a, a few quarterbacks that we're uh, worried about that are at least dropping uh, a little bit down our ranks probably right now. And number one, uh, I mean, I've been dropping him even in the preseason just as I dig more into his profile and, and look back at how he succeeded and, and why. Uh, USC, but Keaton Slovis, uh, I think I dropped him way, you know, he was like a second round-ish in Superflex, Devi for me, at, at his peak. I dropped him all the way down to like a third or fourth, maybe preseason. Uh, now he's continuing to drop and, Honestly, he just—he basically almost ruined our DFS slate <laughs> because we, you and I, like I had him everywhere, uh, but he got injured. But uh, the rest of our slate was uh, the rest of our player pool was so freaking good, we made money anyway. But Keaton Slovis uh, went down, and Jackson Dart did incredible. So I think there's actually going to be a legit conversation as to who should start. <laughs> uh, Keaton Slovis is okay; his injury is not bad. He's fine, but. It's going to be weird if he just completely disappears after having such a strong start.
1: It, it, what, what do they say? The Deja vu all over again? I mean, this is what happened to Daniels. You know, This is exactly how Slovis got his, his start at, at USC um, when that injury took place and then he took over. Uh, so now it's happening to him. And, and I am curious if – I mean, I, I assume – I mean, I was reading up on the game and they said they were going to try to get Jackson Dart uh, some playing time in that game regardless. Uh, that was part of the game plan. So I'm curious to see what happens. I mean, he had the war paint going yeah. uh, over that. Eye. I mean, he looked like a complete idiot, but also kind of awesome. <laughs> so, and he's yeah. got the name. No, I I do think it's an interesting question. Slovis is a guy that I wanted to succeed because I had acquired some shares for cheap. Uh, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. And yeah. when you see what Jackson Dart was able to do with those receivers, especially like look at Drake London, where he's just hauling in all these contested balls uh why wasn't Slovis able to do this why were they losing games to all oh, right why Why can't i remember who they lost to
2: stanford um,
1: <laughs> yeah 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 stanford yeah. thank you yeah the one that got clay uh booted um like they couldn't do anything against that defense and it just makes you wonder what was going on if it was simply a if it was a quarterback problem or scheme problem or coaching problem i don't know but uh, slovis wasn't helping himself that's for no. sure.
2: And, and at this point honestly just because of how things have gone even if slovis fins off dart and he has a decent finish uh, to his college career here uh, it's it's gonna be tough to project first round capital for him just just from a trades pr- perspective from a lack of super mobility perspective like it's just gonna be like he's looking more and more like a day two Kind of profile. And for fantasy football, that doesn't really mean good things typically. Uh, if we look at recent capital hits, yes, there are exceptions like Jalen Hurts, but, uh, we like our guys to be early first round picks. And uh, he's not looking, like, he's not looking like he's going to be that. Uh, and really, I mean, honestly, J- Jaden Daniels for Arizona State, uh, Arizona State is not looking like that either. Uh, he did not look great, <laughs> uh, against the Cougars, uh, this past weekend struggled last year in a smaller sample we thought okay it's a COVID year give him a a pass a little bit but another guy who actually had a a nice early peak uh in his first season and now he's probably going to stay another year and uh, i'm not really certain that in in his future
1: yeah and i do wonder like they don't have any wide receivers really (laughs) No, they
2: have negative amounts of of wide receivers yeah
1: yeah and so i wonder like okay how much of that uh, how much of the like the lack of production do we put on that? But it's just hard. Like he he's thrown more picks than touchdowns. Like that's a problem, you know. And he hasn't done anything uh, throwing uh, running the ball either. I think he's got uh, he's averaging less than ten yards a game. So he he's just not being productive and effective. And it's not like they've had some like super tough schedule. No. Uh, and he's just not getting it done. So. It, it it is a bummer because he's someone that I, I really wanted to be excited about and I thought he could be really fun for fantasy football uh because of those th- that, that freshman year was just so so exciting. Uh, um and like he's already thrown more interceptions than his uh freshman and sophomore year combined.
2: Yeah, I, so I will say not uh, ideal. Yeah, not not ideal. But uh, let, let's talk about his best wide receiver, who's actually a running back. Uh shifting over <laughs> back to uh guys who are rising up in their draft stock. Uh, Rashad White, uh, again, looks like the best offensive player on that team. Uh, He was better than Diamante Tranum last year. Uh, I know a lot of people liked him because he was a true freshman and was finding production. He actually has been unhealthy two weeks in a row now. Uh, So maybe Tranum gets healthy and, and looks right here at some point. But Rashad White... Uh, he averaged like nine yards a touch or something crazy last year and not as efficient this year but still finding the end zone uh leads the team in receptions with 15 the next closest is, is 11 uh he leads the team in carries leads the team in rushing yards receiving yards everything like he is that entire offense he is the only good thing that's happening on offense for the arizona state sun level so what do you think about him and his chances? I know he's kind of an older guy, but uh, he he has a fun profile now with two seasons. What do you think the chances are that he gets drafted day 2 next year?
1: Day 2? I I think that's asking a lot. But but only because I kind of expect the trend to continue where only four guys are getting day two capital and the other guy, like the fifth, like what we saw with Michael Carter, like the fifth running back taken is early day three. So I don't know if I see him quite making that jump. There's some other guys that we might talk about later that I, I'm more excited about. Uh, but, but Rashad white, I think I, I can say I, I need to take the L on this one. Cause I was one of the uh, train him guys who, who was more into him than, than Rashad, but he's been absolutely balling out and you were, you were a little bit wrong. Like you said, nine, uh, yards a touch last It was actually eleven. He had eleven yards. Oh yeah, that's right.
2: Uh, maybe it's just nine yards of carry or something silly. <laughs> like he so he stupid, was man. he was insanely efficient. It was a, you know it was a smaller sample, only four games, but uh, he he was definitely uh, impressive. So and in, in really his yeah. first action uh, with Arizona State. So. I, I do believe there's a chance he gets, I think at worst case, we're talking like fifth round capital for this guy at this point, he's averaging, you know, 110 plus yards from scrimmage on a team that's really struggling. Uh, he, if he does this all season long and shows to be a, a, an incredible dual threat. Uh, I mean, again, that is, you know, pulling, you know, about 25% of the team's receiving yards <laughs> uh, down the stretch. That That's crazy, crazy for running back. So uh, I, I'm excited to see what happens there. Uh, and I hope he actually maintains that kind of pace. Uh, but yeah, that, that's one of my favorite rising running backs just cause there are several guys that are kind of staying around doing about what they, what we, what we expected them to do. But, uh, guys that are especially like for, for next year, eligible for 2022, he's rising up the board. Um, but, uh, back to, uh, just want to talk about one more quarterback before we uh, kind of talk about, uh, running backs and wide receivers for most of the rest of this. Uh, show uh, DJ Uyangalere you and I both love him quite a bit. Uh, we ranked him highly all off season after his incredible Boston College and Notre Dame games last year, and his pedigree, and his size, and his strength, and his mobility, and everything. Uh, he looked like he was the real deal, and then he shows up, does absolutely nothing against Georgia because, well, it's Georgia and they uh, their defense is lights out right now. Uh, but then he didn't really do anything incredible through the air the next two games. So I guess a lot of people are probably going to start having some questions as to whether he's just a big guy with a big arm, or is he a first round draft pick? Is he a first round quarterback prospect? And it's still probably way too early, but uh, you know we tend to overreact. So do you think he's still on on a path to early round, first round capital?
1: Ooh, uh, the way you worded that question made me have to rethink my answer. I think he will be drafted at the first round. Uh, when the time comes, I'm assuming he like, that is me assuming that this is kind of an outlier start to the season. I think Clemson is trying to find their identity as an offense, uh, having lost Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. I mean, those were the focal points of their offense for, for a while now. And so you've got a new quarterback and you've got these receivers that are kind of like any one of these big three guys like Justin Ross, Nagata, or any of them <laughs> like, you want one of those guys on your team. I don't know if you want all three of them as your only wide receivers because they're all that like six foot three, 210, 220. Like they're all that same yeah. type of build. And I don't think they know what to do. And then they've got these running backs that they don't know how to, how to utilize correctly. I mean, we, we somehow, I mean, we finally got to see Will Shipley get more involved in the offense and that will help. But again, it was more as a banger right up the middle. And that's what they were doing with DJ as well. And so you, you look at his numbers and he has four hundred and seventy five yards on the season. And that's one game against South Carolina State. I mean, it's disappointing. <laughs> it's disappointing. And uh only one touchdown pass, uh unless you consider the pick six he threw to Georgia. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He's but, got
2: uh <laughs> he's got two touchdown passes or splitting it between the you know, the competition and his team. <laughs> Just.
1: So so, yeah, I'm concerned. I think I think Clemson is going to figure out what they want to do offensively. Uh, this Georgia Tech game, they just kept running the ball over and over again. They were playing. It looked like they were coaching scared and not asking DJ to do anything other than lower his shoulder for three yards yeah. and have Will Shipley get it for three yards. Not great. Um, maybe, <laughs> no, and maybe it's something to do with like the long break, like with the lightning delays and all that kind of stuff. I watched way too much of this game. It was tragically boring. <laughs> um, I was like, what happened to like the Clemson yeah. I knew that had to put their puncher out there at quarterback because they were just putting up too many points on Georgia Tech? Yeah,
2: they I mean, but you mentioned it like they, they just have a different mix at wide receiver, different offensive set of, of skill position players. I mean, Will Shipley looked okay and that's cool, but their running backs have been pretty abysmal outside of uh, Shipley's last game for them. And you mentioned EJ Williams, Frank Ladson. Those are guys who uh, not many wide receivers are dropping for Debbie purposes or in their NFL draft stock that I, I, you know, that we were really high on. But uh, I think we were just speculative, right? We thought. Okay. So Justin Ross, Joseph Nagata, EJ Williams, Frank Gladson. They're not all going to be on the field at the same time. So I want two or three of them, <laughs> maybe one of them. Uh, but, uh, EJ Williams and Frank Gladson have done nothing. And e- even Nagata, who's, who's had success, isn't really co- consistently separating. And Justin Ross, that, that's never really been his game. So Uyanko uh, today is just having to hit wide receivers who are never really that open. And, and that's going to be tough sledding unless they can get more creative down the stretch so i still think it's gonna be a first round pick but i do have questions and with ej williams and frank Latson and dropping like i mean man uh, there's just not a whole lot to get excited about which is weird when we're talking about clemson but let's talk about some more positive stuff because there's tons of guys that are absolutely just smashing right now in the production category let's let's talk about some good wide receivers wide receivers from your favorite game this past weekend Uh, josh downs had Eight receptions for over 200 receiving yards and a couple scores this past weekend. And, uh, I, I'm not really that surprised. He has quickly become Sam Howell's go-to weapon. And he really has been dating back to the bowl game uh, last year for North Carolina where he grabbed two scores then. Uh, Josh Downs probably features more to be like a slot wide receiver in the NFL, but man, he is a fast, fast, like separator who can run routes crisply. Just analytically, he's already on pace to have a ridiculous mark for yards per team pass attempts and his dominator rating this year. And he's only a true sophomore leading all power five wide receivers in receiving yards. So, uh, really glad I got him in like round 24 uh, of a deep Debbie last year. Uh, so that's looking great right about now. Uh, but what are your thoughts on downs?
1: Oh, I love him. Um, that catch. Did you see that one touchdown catch where he just dove out to the back of the end zone? uh, Yeah. Was able to maintain possession. He's without Without there being a shadow of a doubt. Like, dude is just really, really good. Uh, He's a good route runner. Uh, You mentioned that he's able... Like, he's leading the league in uh, total yards. I think Sam Howell has found someone that he can trust. And in that offense, that means a lot. I mean, we saw what both... um, both Daz and Deami were able to do last year. And now it looks like downs is going to be getting a lot of that. So, you know, the production is going to be there at the end of the day. And he has the physical traits that I think he'll, he'll test well at the combine. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be, I mean, obviously like you said, he's a true sophomore. So we're going to have to wait a while, but I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine things going South for him. No. You know, he's just even, even if good. may isn't a good quarterback next year. Uh, downs will still be good enough that he'll he'll uh he'll have cemented himself and yeah he'll have a day one a day
2: two really solid sophomore season on his resume uh with incredible peak production so that's that's gonna be enough to get him uh probably considered in in day two i don't think he's around one wide receiver right now uh, but he could work up into that range i mean he he <laughs> He has the athleticism. He was already running running in the 4-4s four in high school. Uh, Four-star kid uh, in a great situation with a future first-round quarterback throwing, in, throwing him the ball all season. Uh, but you mentioned guys we're going to have to wait a little bit on. Uh, guy, we're going to have to wait quite a while on. But I am very excited about it. you and I and most other Devi fantasy football nerds have been excited about this guy for a couple years already. And he just started his college career, Trevion Henderson of Ohio State uh dominated uh over two you know two hundred rushing yards and just looked like okay hey this is my job now and I am just 18 years old. What's up guys? I'm a five star talent. I'm gonna be a future first round running back. I, I found myself already rising uh him in my ranks all the way into the first round of Debbie fantasy football drafts.
1: Yeah I mean the only negative the only negative on Henderson is the waiting time. Like that's the only problem is that you're not going to be able to use him for a while in Debbie. Other than that, he ticks all the boxes. I mean, he can shoulder the load. He had, uh, explosive play after explosive play last week against Tulsa. And maybe you're thinking, oh, they're not a very good defense. Well, <laughs> against Oregon, he looked really good too. Oregon's run defense is, is the strength of that team. And he was able to do quite a bit against them as well. I can't, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but, um, I, I just think the sky's a limit for him. He's shown the ability to to catch the football and, and he moves so well in space. He's gonna get the work. We know that. Yes. I, I think I think the the fact that the defense at Ohio State is struggling the way it is is only gonna give him more opportunity and more touches. Uh so I, I think he's I mean it's just a matter of when for him, like when like I mean, we didn't, we know when 2024, but that's just that's kind of far away. But man, he looks he looks the part. He he definitely uh, he's living up to the hype.
2: Oh yeah, with already 433 yards from scrimmage in his first three collegiate games, it really is reminiscent of another Ohio State Buckeye and J.K. Dobbins. Uh, coming in around a similar weight or it, when they first joined college, but he- Henderson's frame, I think, can hold a little bit more, uh, and just really be a feature back in the NFL. So he's going to be a name that continues to rise and just <laughs> keeps gaining steam, uh, down the stretch this year and beyond. He's, he's going to be that player next year after the 2022 guys are gone. That, that's probably in the top three, top four overall kind of conversation once he put it, when, once he puts an entire season together. But uh, on the other side, we'll get to some more uh, true freshman guys breaking out, some, uh, some more young wide receivers, even a couple tight ends before we wrap up the show. But first, a word from our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform
2: So I normally don't uh, you know, just kick off with the, the exact thing that I promised before the break, but I, I do want to get to a couple uh, true freshman wide receivers that, one, I was high on coming into the season, and two, uh, are already looking really good already, and I uh, can't help but get excited about them. That is Deion Smith of LSU and Xavier Worthy of Texas. Uh, I don't want to say everything, uh, so I'll let you start off with Deion Smith. Did you actually catch the LSU game at all this weekend? On you one know, of your six screens,
1: <laughs> it, it, it didn't make the cut somehow. Um, I, <laughs> I I was tracking it because I I bet the over sixty one in that game. So and that was all because of LSU. And uh, then watched the highlights afterwards. But yeah, I uh, so Dion Smith. I think we talked about him this off season because uh, he was a guy that I, I was able to get in a couple uh, in a couple Canton to campus leagues, and he just had the recruiting profile that I love. You know. And he had the speed that I love. And so I was like, oh, yeah, let's let's try this. Because I unlike uh, other people not to be named on this podcast, I don't watch a whole lot of high school football. <laughs> I, I don't track high school players like like some people do. Uh, so I yeah, was of going off of yeah, I was kind of going <laughs> off of other people's uh, takes on him. But he, he looks really, really good. What what do you what do you think the ceiling is for him?
2: Oh, first round. Like, uh, he has the athleticism. He he has the ability to clearly moss people in contested situations. Uh, and he was a guy that Ortron was talking about, talking up even in the spring it, that we were just like, hey, uh, he was just talking about like, hey, we just need to get Deion Smith more snaps. We need to get him more targets. And that was back in like April. Uh, and so when he's talking about that way about a freshman, uh, that that's that's a difference making kind of player. And yes, Brian Thomas had his kind of moment of fame and Malik neighbors got talked up a little bit uh, in fall camp. But Deion Smith uh, was always the guy. He was, uh, you know, I think 70th overall or something in the entire nation uh, as a recruit this year. Uh, he was the fastest wide receiver that they brought in among the four guys that were high pedigree guys. Uh, but somebody needed to step up next to Keishon Boutte. And, uh, he smashed this past weekend for a couple scores, uh, that were both impressive. So I'm just pumped to see that role continue to expand. Uh, it looks yeah, like he's, yeah. he's
1: got like a, he's got a, over a 20 yard A dot right now. Like,
2: oh, it's insane.
1: Finding him deep. It, like,
2: it's exactly like how they, uh, use Jamar Chase at, at times, you know, just like, hey, you're better than the guy that's guarding you. We're just going to, we're going to chuck it to you except he's like and, 18
1: <laughs> and he's going to be able like you say yeah he's a freshman he's going to be able to grow into his role in the offense um and especially i think as they find ways to utilize him uh and, and what works best for for him in this team i i think it could be really exciting uh, i'm curious because like he hasn't run a whole lot of routes yet i think he's only ran 34 routes so as they play more games obviously i think he, he'll get a higher percentage of of snaps um, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him in this offense uh, especially when they start going up against stiffer competition in the sec chances are if you're in a league and someone has him, they're also excited about him so he might be hard to get in a trade but he'd, he'd be someone that i'd be looking to acquire if possible
2: Oh, absolutely! Just because I, th- I think even if you quote unquote buy high right now, you're still probably buying low uh, long term on, on on the potential that uh, Deion Smith brings with him. And really, uh, the only reason he hasn't run a ton of routes at this point is because I don't know why Coach O thought it was it was cute to you know give these really bad veterans uh, the the nod ahead of this you know just stacked freshman group that they brought in. But, you know, guys like Trey Palmer and Coy Moore and, uh, you know, Devontae Lee and uh, guys that just shouldn't even be on the field. We're getting snaps and getting and getting reps. Uh, I think that they just are realizing, hey, uh, if we want to get serious in, in the SEC play, we're probably going to need to get these freshmen on the field. So Deion Smith, I expect great things here moving forward from him uh, here shortly. But Xavier Worthy as a guy, I mean, you, you know, I mean, I talked to him up, what, all summer probably. And <laughs> yeah. it's just cool. To see him already getting some targets, he had tons of snaps in the first couple weeks. Didn't have a ton of targets, uh, but against a softer matchup in Rice, he was actually the alpha wide receiver for them all all game long. At one point, he actually accounted for over 80% of the Texas offense in this game. Uh, and kind of junk time later on, a couple targets that don't really ever see <laughs> targets. Got, a, got some junk work, but he had seven catches th- this week as a true freshman for 88 yards and a score... Uh, so uh, love to see him already being the alpha on this young offense that needs a playmaker. Uh, and he separates, uh, Sark is going to love to utilize Xavier worthy for the next three years. And he's going to coast to day two capital, if not even better than that.
1: So we, I've talked about, I think, I think it was with you. I talked about how like Texas is like the JV version of Alabama. So who who do you think what, what former Alabama great oh, man. would you comp uh Xavier Worthy to? Uh
2: Devontae Smith, maybe. I you know he he's he's got the underweight questions as well. Like he came out of high school and he was um, you know, like one sixty ish, like six one, one sixty, uh a yak monster uh with burning wheels and and the ability to track the ball downfield on deeper targets. Uh yeah. I think he's Devontae Smith except he's gonna probably weigh more <laughs> than Devontae yeah. Smith once once he leaves college.
1: And they haven't even though he's small they haven't just been utilizing him in the slot which is interesting too like he's going been yeah.
2: all over. Oh yeah. So Z- Xavier Worthy yeah, he's the real deal. So again, buy high. <laughs> uh yeah. if somebody's trying to sell him right now, I don't know why they would uh, in your league, but uh in, in a deep college kent league just don't cuz uh don't, don't do not that because he's going to be going off and, and going to coast to day two capital. Uh, I know it's early, but he's got the skill set, speed, the ability, the scheme. He's an alpha wide receiver as a true freshman. Sign me up. Uh, but a few other wide receivers that are, are breaking out. I, I, you like Charleston Rambo. Uh, so I'm going to let you talk about him for a second.
1: Well, I mean, he, he just was he was everything for Miami this week. Um, and I mean, That's maybe not saying a whole lot because they struggled, but he was (laughs) the one, he was the one bright spot. I mean, Derek King had his ups and downs, but Charleston Rambo, uh, he was making contested catches. He was making, uh, guys like fall over trying to guard him when he was running routes. So he'd get wide open. Like he was doing everything. Um, I, I, we were texting back and forth when he made that one touchdown where he was like sandwiched in between two players and he just grabbed it. Like he's a tough football player and, I, I think there was a little bit of a knock on him because he 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 left Oklahoma, and so p- myself included, I was like, "Well, are you just scared of the competition and, and taking <laughs> off?" And, and maybe maybe he just doesn't want to have to worry about playing time when he knows he's better than everyone else. <laughs> like yeah, for he's, real, he's I mean, super like he, good. Huh, shows up and yeah. he
2: already has thirty three targets in three games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we were talking before the show. Like, I just think he's going to like from a production profile, like a dominator rating. I just think he's going to smash because who else are you going to throw it to Harley? No, you're going to look for for <laughs> Rambo. Uh, man, they've got some cool names. <laughs> yeah, seriously, how are you not going
2: to hit in the NFL with a Charleston when your name is Charleston Rambo? And you yeah. went to Miami, man. So yeah, I'm excited about him too. And he's going to get all the opportunity. Some people, some people, again, you're going to have uh, maybe some uh, weight questions or thickness questions with him, but he's, he's fine. And, and within the range, that's acceptable for sure. But uh, I, I hope he just continues going off because he was already averaging like eight, eight targets per week coming in to last week. And then he grabbed like, Twelve catches for 156, you know, yards and two scores on like 17 targets. So, uh, yeah, against he's, the good Michigan State. Yeah, defense, absolutely. Like,
1: they're yeah. not going to be playing a defense that tough most weeks this no. year.
2: No, exactly. So, Charleston Rambo continues to rise. He was kind of high for mo- most people when he was at Oklahoma. Definitely dropped out uh, of the elite range ranks, but now he's rising once again. Uh, but let's talk about a few other guys that we're uh, concerned about, and then we'll talk about just a few more names that uh, were, we're pumped and about uh, rising, and then we'll kind of wrap up the show here. Uh, but uh, I mentioned last week, just in passing, Kevin Harris and Jalen Berger, both running backs. Kevin Harris, South Carolina, Jalen Berger, Wisconsin. At least monitor Berger. I mean, if, if Give him a couple more weeks before you completely drop him off the face of the planet. But things are not looking good there as Chesma Lucy has kind of taken – uh, the lead role there, it looks like for now. Maybe Burger's not healthy. But uh, Kevin Harris, South Carolina, is in a mess of a committee. Uh, we're just, I mean, we wanted them to be high, but we're, I don't know. I- I've already dropped them down my ranks, and I'm sure you and Matt and Curtis will probably follow, right?
1: I, I've i been disappointed um, in both, both these players. One of the things I don't understand about Wisconsin is that nothing exciting is happening in the running game. Like, it's very just kind of ho hum get your three and a half four yards it feels like <laughs> yeah. i have not watched a ton of it no. and so i'm wondering why he's not i mean it's got to be injury related but i I'm, i am wondering why he's not getting more of an opportunity because yeah. what they're currently rolling out there isn't like
2: no it's not you're not you're no.
1: not going to beat michigan you're not going to beat ohio state running the ball for four yards a carry
2: No, he did have a a good amount of touches in his one game. He did uh, not work work at all in the first week. But yeah, I I am concerned just because of, uh, you know, where he currently lies on the depth chart, at least uh, on the ones that they published for Wisconsin. But uh, it's hard to get excited about uh, that offense as a whole right now in terms of efficiency. But uh, keeping it at the running back position, uh, John Emery is uh, done. Uh, He was a five star back in uh, 2019, if you guys even remember who that is. Uh, but uh, I think some people were holding out hope he would have a good season this year and somehow rise, uh, like at uh, Edwards Hilaire. But John, John Emery, uh, is, is now missing time due to academic issues for LSU. And so, uh, he's completely dropped off the face of the planet well outside my top, I think top 200 at this point. Uh, but I just wanted to mention him. We don't have, uh, I don't even want to waste a conversation on that. That's just really an update <laughs> if you haven't been paying attention. But Eric Gray. Uh, I, I want to bring him up because we I, I've been ranking up Kennedy Brooks, his counterpart, and I've been moving Eric Gray down because, frankly, neither of them look crazy impressive, but uh, Eric Gray certainly doesn't look like the potential we thought he had.
1: Right. And this was the concern I had going into the year and why I have zero Eric Gray uh, is just Kennedy Brooks is there. Uh, the offense is sputtering in general. Uh, it looks like their offensive philosophy is throw it deep or S- Spencer Rattler scrambling around and then running for so, 6 yards like that's that's about it when they do start getting the ball rolling there when they start running the ball Kennedy Brooks has been he's been more efficient than Eric Gray so it's it's hard to see where uh, Eric Gray is going to separate himself from Kennedy Brooks in a way that will give him the production that he needs in order to get any sort of decent capital like there's other running backs that we've been talking about that are way more exciting than him and i just i just think it's a things don't change it's a it's a it's it's a pretty gnarly outlook for for eric gray at the moment i think his longest run is like 18 yards like his yeah. <laughs> no explosiveness
2: yeah, um, and that that's what really has changed this year with Oklahoma's offense. We haven't seen the booming deep plays that have actually connected, and uh, they've right. they've they've got the short stuff to like Mario Williams, a true uh, true freshman there, a uh, short stuff to Marvin Mims, uh, in the receiving game. But uh, they just haven't been crazy efficient uh, at all, which is weird for a Lincoln Riley offense. But Eric Gray, I just it's hard to project super high capital. For him at this point, especially given like what you said earlier, the NFL is just not giving high capital to a bunch of players. Uh, and Eric Gray is certainly not on that trajectory, at least not next spring. He'll have to come back. Essentially, he's either going to have to smash and have like a Trey Sermon type November, December, uh, or he's just going to probably return to school because he's, he's not going to have a good enough profile to actually get drafted much at all. Right. Right. So
1: And, he, and even then, like, I mean, even Trey Sermon would be like the best possible outcome. And it's not like he even got a great. No, and great it is capital. funny that we're
2: <laughs> comparing him when, uh, Kennedy Brooks looked better than Trey Sermon, uh, pretty much the entire time they were both on the, on the Sooners and Ramondre Stevenson looked better than Trey Sermon when they were on the yep. same team. Uh, and Trey Sermon only really had like one month to go off of and they, they got, they got that capital. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it will it, be an interesting situation if the team actually commits and gets better, more efficient. Uh, but yeah, your grade does not look like that. So he's he's plummeting down my rankings uh, in, in you, fantasy football right now.
1: Would you feel comfortable being maybe a step ahead, risking that you make a bad choice and start offering like like if you had a share of him, would you try to trade him away for something or oh, at yeah. this point? Right away. Yeah. Did I, I would Me like too. trade him Me immediately
2: too. for like just one of the freshman wide receivers we just talked about? Like, seriously probably straight up like I'm probably gonna shift my rankings because I just am so off of Eric Gray at this point I just don't care
1: yeah Uh, maybe we need to hear like have someone weigh in that was more of an Eric Gray truther because I know both of you and I had questions coming into the year um, and just, I, I'm curious if they'd still hold out hope because if there are people out there that do, you should take advantage of that and, yeah. and trade him yeah. To death if, immediately. If,
2: yeah. If I had an Eric gray, I'd say, come take advantage of me, but I don't. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> but, funny. uh, yeah, but anyway, just a few more names to that on a, end on a positive note. Okay. Let, let's just talk about how Drake London, uh, is oh. destroying uh every chance he gets like he he injured his back like just what what like a week ago and then he shows up and is like ah, i'm fine i'm just gonna get another like 12 receptions and just dunk on people all game long uh and and by the way i'm gonna do it with my backup freshman quarterback uh the dude has like 43 targets or something crazy through um uh, three games so uh, he is the offense for usc through the air former basketball player he was actually playing two sports at usc and decided to finally commit to football because well he's going to be you know a top 50 overall pick next spring but that's where he's rising towards like his his profile was not great coming into this year in terms of his overall like adjusted production index dominator yards per team pass attempt touchdowns per team like no no number was great on paper but uh, we loved his game last year in peak moments and in comeback moments, making a big play, being a touchdown scoring machine. Uh, now he's the absolute alpha. Uh, what's the, if you had to put an over under on his draft slot next year? The exact pick? What would you What would you say?
1: Like what number in the first round?
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, if, if it's the first round, yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm pretty aggressive right here. I'm gonna say 17.
2: Whew, yeah. That's, that is aggressive. But, uh, at the same time, man, I mean, some of these guys, like even Traylon Burks, like I like him, but same kind of frame, uh, maybe similar athleticism, but Traylon Burks is not getting the volume, uh, that Drake London is. And Drake London is just going to have way more opportunity to prove to NFL decision makers that he is just a difference maker it, it, downfield in the red zone, moving the chains, whatever you want him to do. He's winning in every single way. This year, so Drake yeah. London looking like a first round pick, uh, just absolutely balling. So I, I cannot if, wait. If you
1: are listening to this podcast and you have Drake London and we are in a league together, and you think I'm crazy for draft for ranking him that high, let's talk because I'm interested. Yes. Send but him I was, a trade I was right now. <laughs> I was high on him before the year started. I think Brew McCoy being like kicked off the team or whatever is going on with him. Yeah, um, I think that has elevated the opportunity for Drake London because it's him and Taj Washington and not a whole lot else. I know there's a few other young guys there yeah. that they brought in, but he is, he's just so good. And and when you are young, when you're a young quarterback uh like Jackson dart and you, <laughs> if you can't find guys wide open, you want to throw it to the guy who's going to make those contested catches. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. And he's not going like his a dot is sub 10. It's nothing crazy, but he's catching everything. And unless, yeah, I just I just am a huge fan. I think maybe it's a bit lazy to do like the Mike Evans comps, but it feels right to me. <laughs> it like, does. He's it really just, does. he's just a, he's a it, it's almost unfair. And let's be honest. Um, name one Pac-12 defense that you think can shut him down. Not one. because I can't think it doesn't of exist.
2: So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not worried about it. So yeah, he's going to keep absolutely dominating you down the stretch. A few other kind of, you know, second, third, fourth tier names to just. Take a, a note on that are also draft eligible for next year. Calvin Austin from Memphis is uh, currently on pace to maybe perhaps lead the entire country in receiving yards and doing so with a ridiculous average depth of target and ridiculous marks uh, everywhere in terms of efficiency. Uh, yes, he's very slight, very skinny, but uh, he he's going to have a decent peak production profile when he's all said and done. Really efficient. Kenneth Walker and Tyler Goodson. I think those were both guys, though. Running back Kenneth Walker for Michigan State, Tyler Goodson, running back Iowa. Yeah, I think you were both. Uh, you were high on kind of both those guys coming into the season, were you?
1: I mean, they fit the profile of running backs who. Do really good in college. I fall in love with and then don't get draft capital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I have right. a lot of those guys. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, Benjamin is the the OG right there for me. Yeah, <laughs> but man, <laughs> Kenneth Walker has made a name for himself with these huge explosive plays to start off the year. Uh He's been on ESPN a lot, so he, there is a little bit of hype uh, building around him, and for good reason. He he looks really good. And then Tyler Goodson has just been doing this for a long time. I think Iowa getting the respect around the country that they do or don't deserve. That's not what we're here to talk about, <laughs> no. but it's putting his name on the map and he is running so well. And and he's an electric, he's an electric runner. I've been really excited about him. um Yeah. Ever since the beginning of last year. And I, I could see these guys uh, having I don't know if they're going to get the draft capital that I want them to get, but <laughs> I see their value increasing pretty significantly. Yes. Um, like if you just look at it like as a stock or something like that, like I want to buy stock in these guys because I think that their trajectory is, is heading upward, even though, uh, Walker's been having these highlight real plays. I, I think that's kind of what you can expect from him moving forward. Um, he just looks, he looks really, Really good. He hasn't done a whole lot in the receiving game, but they honestly haven't had to use him there because he's
2: been so efficient no. running the ball. Yeah, they have just uh, they they just say, "Hey, uh, run for like a seventy-five yard score, and then we'll just run you into the ground the rest of the game too." So, right? Yeah, seriously, He really, really uh, has impressed this year, and he was he was really good even at Wake. Uh, Wake Forest just had a trash offensive line, uh, but a couple other guys, twenty twenty three guys, actually, I- I'm pretty pumped about. Uh, another got really late in a lot of leagues. Uh, Jalen McMillan, uh, Washington Huskies wide receiver, uh, finally saw action this week. He was he was uh, nicked up uh, during camp, missed some time already this year. First game back, grabs ten receptions for 175 yards and a score. Uh, looks like he could take advantage of of a lot of opportunity there. Uh, I know it's just one game, but if he he has that kind of lead role. Uh, I know they've been leaning on uh, tight end Kate Otten, but he's not exactly a separator. Jalen McMillan looks like I'm um in Ross St. Brown, but perhaps even better. Uh, so I, I'm really excited about him. And then Blake Corum running back, Michigan, averaging like eight and a half yards per carry and keeping a, a five star running back on the sideline in Donovan Edwards uh, for, for the same team, Michigan. So. Blake Coram, I know Matt Wispay, a guy, you know, the listeners probably know he's on the other show with you, Stefan. Uh, but, uh, Matt Wispay, just shout out to you if, if you're actually going to listen to this this week. Uh, but, uh, he, he was all over Blake Corum, uh, even last year. And, uh, Corum looks like he has, uh, the speed and athleticism to break big plays, but, uh, just enough size and strength to win inside too. Uh, is probably gonna be a name that continues to rise throughout this year as Michigan finds success after success after success, apparently. Uh but are, are you are you a fan of either of those guys before we wrap up here?
1: I, I think um the players, yes. And I think that they're it's interesting because they the thing that scares me about McMillan is John Donovan, the offensive coordinator for the Huskies. If he had his way, they'd run the ball 95% of the time. Uh, <laughs> and Jimmy Lake is a defensive, a former defensive yeah. coordinator at head coach. And what we saw from Washington to start the year is what I was afraid of is where they would just try to bang the ball up the middle with these running backs that aren't aren't great, but are fine. And then they just try to win each game 13 to seven. Um, and it wasn't <laughs> working. Like they it. lost him on, they lost him on Tampa yeah. with yeah. that strategy. So I'm hoping that uh, John Donovan a gets fired. Uh, no, I actually want Washington to be terrible. So I hope they keep John Donovan around for a <laughs> yeah. long time. There you go. Um, uh, no, I, I think if they, if they see the difference um, that this last week had, like on their offense, um, because it was night and day, it was like a light switch went off um if they do let um the quarterbacks there i forget his name um not who he cured. i was hoping he would get the start yeah don um, morris morris, <laughs> morris yeah um if they let him throw the ball a bit then then absolutely uh, but blake corum he's on a he's a, he he's on a team that is running the ball a lot and that works well for him and they've been very successful i think michigan's found an identity running the football that's what they want to do they want to run the ball 60 times a game and mm-hmm. just hit you in the mouth and get out of there um, with 300 rushing yards and, and Blake Quorum's going to be a huge part of that. And because they run the ball so much, there's enough for Haskins to get his, for, for Quorum to get his, and then they can let these freshmen come in behind them too. So to me, uh, Quorum's in a much better position, like, a much better, uh, environment for success than Jalen is. Uh, but, but hopefully for, for your sake and for Huskies fans, uh, this last week has changed their offensive philosophy a little bit so that they're not just, you know, smashing their face against a brick wall play after
2: play after play. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that's, that's about all the time we have uh, for this show, but listeners, if you want to check out uh, more info on all these players, I'm doing some write-ups over at RotoViz right now. And me and Stefan, Matt was and Curtis Patrick are uh, consistently updating our Debbie rankings. And we're going to be doing so some this week and next, as we continue to just ingest all the new information, uh, just to sift through in all of college football with the 130 FPS teams and a ton of players, that we want to get excited about some that are actually dropping as well but uh uh stay fun I, I guess you'll be doing the, the show later this week on the college again feed and you've got another special guest coming on with you uh well are you guys going to be talking about some nfl stuff on that show
1: yeah we're going to be doing dynasty stuff so we're going to be looking at uh rookies and and second year players uh see what our expectations were how how people are performing look at some of that so it'll be it'll be a fun time Nice. Uh, so, yeah, check that out.
2: Good. Yeah, it'll be kind of like a little bit of this, what we did today, except instead of on the college side and the risers and fallers, a little bit on the pro side there for you guys. So, be looking forward to that. But I hope you guys are enjoying the start of both the NFL and college running side by side. It's like my favorite time of year. But we'll see you guys next time on another College to Get in podcast.